0: Time now to look at the next million. Now, Metro Vancouver is the economic centre of British Columbia, home to 55% of BC's population and 61% of its GDP. Today, the region sits at the intersection of commerce with North America and the Asia Pacific region, newcomers continue to flock here, drawn by a globally connected city, offering a great quality of life with a highly sk- highly skilled and diverse workforce. By 2025, Canada will be welcoming 500,000 immigrants a year, with a fifth of those moving to British Columbia. And over the next three decades, Metro Vancouver will receive an additional 1 million residents for a total population of 3.8 million by the year 2050. Starting today, CKNW's new series, The Next 1000000 we'll look at how the region addresses this unprecedented growth, which uh, increases the need for housing, infrastructure, increased spending on transit and road networks, and greater need for services of all kinds, including frontline emergency care as well. Further urban sprawl also raises environmental concerns, such as a car-dependent culture and encroachment on farmland, wetlands, and wildlife. Metro Vancouver has long had a reputation for our commitment to livability and Ability, but can we sustain that reputation with the population projected for, uh, to grow from 2.8 million to 3.8 million? Well, joining me now to discuss the issue is Michael Geller. He's president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and real estate consultant. I've said
1: a lot, Michael. I know it's a big issue, but I am glad we have you here for the first segment. Well, I'm glad you're doing this whole segment because uh, it's going to go on for the next couple of months. Yes,
0: and I'm glad we are because it is a complex issue but it's one I think we should be discussing. It's going to take that kind of time. So first of me maybe just a broad question, is this as daunting as it sounds?
1: <laughs> well, w- when when your producer mentioned it to me, I did check to see how long has it taken for the last million. Mm-hmm. And it was about 30 years. So 1993. Yeah. I remember 93. You remember 93? Yeah. Um, it wasn't that long ago in some respects, and we have seen some dramatic changes, And uh, but we're also going to see, I think, quite some d- different patterns of development in the next 30 years. All right. Well, let's talk um, housing, because it is the issue of the moment, and
0: it's going to be for a long time. Where do you see housing? You, you and I talk about the policies of today and the impact and sometimes the past. Where do you see housing? How we build housing, how it's approved, what kind of housing we're going to have, Uh Where do you see us going in the next 30 years in this region?
1: Away from the downtown of Vancouver. I think we're going to see more and more people moving uh, south of the Fraser, moving out towards Chilliwack, Abbotsford. We'll see some people moving north up along that Sea to Sky corridor. Not a lot, but certainly Squamish and the area around there. Mm -hmm. And with improved transportation, I think we'll definitely see, see that happening. And believe it or not, we'll see people moving to Nanaimo and commuting to Vancouver, coming in for three days a week, as they do in London, England, where people... Don't actually live in the city. They live two or three hours from the city and then come in three or four days a week.
0: Is there a. Uh, so does the importance of downtown diminish?
1: I think it does to some degree, although it will always be important. People will still come downtown, but they won't be living in downtown and living in the center of the city. And I really mean the center of the city. Yeah. I think people just for purely financial reasons, Mm -hmm. and also for quality of life. I mean, not everybody wants to live on the 27th floor of a high-rise. And I guess
0: if you were to redesign Metro Vancouver, you wouldn't put downtown Vancouver in this location. Now, it's a beautiful location, great for a postcard, but in regards to ease and comfort and travel and everything else, for Metro
1: Vancouver, you would probably put it in a different place. That's right, more right? in a geographic center. Yeah. Which is why it's interesting to see what's going to happen in places like Burnaby, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think most people who drive along the highway and they look at those towers in Burnaby, Metro Town, and other uh, centers in Burnaby are astounded at just the scale of development there. Mm-hmm. Certainly, Surrey, we're going to see a new downtown in Surrey. And to some degree, a smaller downtown, if you like, or concentration of offices on the North Shore. I think all of this is going to happen over the next 25 years. So what
0: will housing look like? Uh, Is it going to be, um, as I've said many times, not just a a war on single-family housing, but single-family housing would have lost the war by then. And we are going to focus on perhaps that, you know, the two- and three-bedroom
1: townhomes, that those will probably
0: become the norm.
1: You know, it's interesting So many people are predicting the demise of the single-family house, and I won't be here, unfortunately, 25 years from now, or not likely, Mm -hmm. uh, to to find out if I'm right. But I think people will continue to want to live in ground-oriented forms of housing. So that does mean townhouses, but we'll also see different forms of single-family housing. I mean, if you go down to uh, the United States, uh, around Seattle, you see these communities of small houses clustered around. I I think people are not going to give up completely on different forms of ground-oriented, but there's no doubt we'll see a lot more townhouses. We'll finally see what I call fee-simple townhouses, which Mm -hmm. are townhouses that are not part of a strata Uh, corporation, and we'll see stacked townhouses and so forth. That's definitely coming. And we'll see those forms of housing in existing single-family neighborhoods that are being gently densified. That (laughs) will definitely happen. And we'll still see significant
0: density or greater density along those
1: transit corridors then? I think so, uh, for sure. And certainly uh, the city of Vancouver is being encouraging that. But as somebody said to me, why do we always put the highest density in the worst, most polluted area? And there's some truth, some truth to that question. Mm -hmm. But... uh, Again, I think we will become more European to the extent that more and more people will be living in what we call multiple forms of housing, apartments, uh, low-rise apartments, and so forth.
0: Now, we call this series The Next Million. Um, I mean, you've gone through some of the numbers in regards to our population growth. When did it all change, change
1: for us in regards to sort of people going, yeah, that's a great place to live? Expo 86 invited the world. And they uh-huh. came. And if you look at the statistics for many, many years, we were around 1.5, 1.6 percent annual increase in population. Uh-huh. And 87, 88, 89, it jumped to 3 percent per annum, which was quite a significant increase. Um, interestingly, it's actually slowed down in the last 10 years, and I attribute that to some degree. To, to just simply the cost of housing. And you were chatting earlier about professionals moving here and the challenge of getting doctors. Mm-hmm. And I'll never f- forget a doctor, a specialist at VGH saying to me one day, Geller, you know, this problem with housing affordability, it just isn't affecting lower-income uh, baristas. We, we're we having a hard time getting gynecologists to come to, to Vancouver General simply because of the cost of housing. My guest is Michael Geller president of the Geller
0: Group. We're talking about uh, the next million. How do we uh, make this city inclusive? Now, Michael, we've talked a little bit about housing, but one of the things is also livability. You know, to go down to your local community centre, there's going to be huge demands for just, uh, you know, uh, services from City Hall, uh, community centres and parks. How do you... Uh, are we headed in the right direction? Because each municipality is going to have a different policy. Surrey calls itself the city of parks. We are fighting for more parks in the city of Vancouver proper. Each community is going to be a little different. We've already added a lot of people. We're going to add another million. Give me a sense of what you think this region uh, could potentially look like. But just in regards to the demand on
1: services. The city of Vancouver used to have a standard of it. acres of park space for every 1,000 residents, Mm -hmm. because that's what we actually had a number of years ago. And for a while, when developers were building large projects, they were actually required to provide park space in accordance with that formula within development. So Coal Harbor, False Creek, Bayshore lands, all of those developments were required to add park or make significant financial contributions. Sadly, we've stopped requesting that. Mm -hmm. And so I look at the Broadway corridor plan, where there's potentially significant amounts of development, but very little additional park. Now, you don't need large parks, but you do need more small neighborhood parks, pocket parks, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the same, I think, holds true for other municipalities. As they plan larger redevelopment areas, it will be essential to think about where the parks and where the community centers go and where the schools go. Mm -hmm. Because without all of that what we call social infrastructure, then we'll lose the livability that has brought so many people here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to
0: have uh, Transit CEO, Transit CEO, joining us uh, for this series as well. Talk a little bit about transit, but I do want to ask you about this. How, where do you see transit fitting in all of this in regards to development, in regards to just uh, movability in our city, moving people
1: around? I wasn't here in the 1930s when they built the Lionsgate Bridge. But as soon as they built that bridge, all of a sudden people started to move to the North Shore. It was transportation that led to that development. In fact, that happens everywhere. And so to a large degree, where people live over the next 20, 25 years will depend on the transit improvements. And so I think it's absolutely essential that we hear from TransLink I mean, I'm pleased that they are now actively going out and buying land where they see transit going so they can financially benefit from the infrastructure that they're putting in place. They haven't done that up until now. But that's why I wouldn't you know, completely dismiss the idea that if there's really good transportation between Nanaimo and Vancouver, some people... They wouldn't commute every day, but they might commute weekly in and out of Vancouver Island, just because that's a possibility. And I I would never have suggested that, except for the time, jazz I was in London, England. Mm -hmm. And I was in a pub. It was so busy on a Thursday night. And I said to someone, is it always this busy? Yes, they said. I said, well, what about Friday? No, not on Friday, they said. People go home on Friday. I said, well, what do you mean? They said, most of the people I work with who are in our office commute into London from outside the region. And uh, as Vancouver continues to be expensive and all of the housing initiatives that we talk about on this show Mm -hmm. are going to help, but they're not going to suddenly reduce the cost of housing by half... Mm Um, people are going to want to live in more affordable places and then use transit to connect. Uh, give us a call on the open line. We'd love to hear uh, from you in regards to what our city will look like in
0: 2015, where you think our priorities should be. Uh, let's go to Keith in Vancouver. Hi, Keith. Hey, Michael. This is Keith Roy. Um, I, this ties in nicely with your last comment around uh, transit infrastructure moving people. I want to know from you what, major road infrastructure or bridge infrastructure we need to figure out to support this, whether it's you know, a road from Squamish to Coquitlam uh, on the backside or a bridge to the Sunshine Coast. Uh, what are the other major road infrastructure projects we need to support this? Keith, thanks for your call. I mean, that's one of the things we always, when we talk about commuting, it's always suburb to Vancouver, yet the bulk of our commuting in this region is suburb to suburb at the end of the day, isn't it, Michael?
1: Yes. So the one thing I do anticipate is that we'll see proper transit from the North Shore into the downtown. We've got the sea bus, but eventually there'll be an, another uh, another crossing, another crossing yeah. with, with transit for sure. Uh, I don't expect a connection to Vancouver Island other than by boat. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we have to replace that tunnel. And as long as we don't keep alternating which government comes in, Jazz, we might actually get to see a new bridge there or a new tunnel there. I don't know. Yeah, well, we
0: have a tendency to politicize everything, including infrastructure in this province. That's for sure. And and the bridge idea to the North Shore, I remember covering it as a reporter in the 1990s, and I think it was supposed to go under the water and come out on First Avenue. Uh, And people fought that at that time because that is a lot of traffic to come into that area. But you're right, there has to be some crossing including more transit uh, as well let's go thanks for your call keith let's go to vince and white rock hi vince hey jazz hey mike um my parents they came in in 63 from italy um my dad's side all stayed there Uh, my relatives live all in uh, like you say four level apartments um and they uh, you know like communities and stuff like that and there's you know 73 million in in italy and you could fit that sometimes in the british columbia how they get around is is on rail couldn't we convert our rail systems into basically public transportation? Um, you know, from Chilliwack And that I worked on Gateway. That was 1990. I've been doing road civil. Started with Progressive Contracting back in 1988. I mean, I mean, we uh, we haven't done much in the last thirty three years. Vince, I appreciate your call. We've just run out of time, but I want to give Michael time to uh, time to answer that question. Uh, Vince has got a very good point that we've done a couple of segments on a, a train system from Chilliwack using the old railway tracks there all the way on, next to the Patello Bridge uh, and connecting people from the valley yep. to SkyTrain. What are your thoughts on that? Is just a more rail infrastructure probably – uh, you know, a, a system, a trend system that isn't reliant on, a on a, say, a Cadillac
1: system, that is That's SkyTrain. Right. I think we can actually expect rail to connect Squamish to Vancouver. There's a rail line and then connect up to Lillouette. I think we can actually see future rail connecting what the, the, the old interurban lines. Just look at a map from uh, 100 years ago and see where there were electric train lines because they may well be coming back. Yeah.
0: Michael, we've run out of time, but I want to give you 30 seconds. I understand you're speaking at SFU on on just the broader issue of development. Walk me through when is it and how can people find out
1: about it? Next Wednesday night, okay. the 18th, uh, I'm giving a talk that looks at how Vancouver's changed since 1974 when I arrived, and then following my talk, uh, Ray Spaxman, a former director of planning, Michael Lapp, a current overall metro dra- uh, planning director, and uh, Zoe Brooke, a young planner, are going to comment on whether or not I have any validity to anything I say. So just go on the SFU website, Michael Geller, looking back, looking forward, and it's online, um, streamed or in person and there's still a few seats left.
0: Michael, thank you for your time today.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: The Next Million in partnership with Peak Products innovative outdoor home improvement products sold exclusively at The Home Depot details at cknw.com